You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you feel like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hell, I suck at dating. With Dean Ungler and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Help, I Suck at Dating. Jared here, Dean as always, we have a very special guest who is currently on the line. Before we get to Maggie, I did want to say how ironic life is because Easton, you guys know Easton, obviously, our wonderful producer, editor, really just the backbone of this podcast, is recording live from Audrey's Coffee House and Lounge while I'm sitting in my house. We have a Almost Famous live podcast with Ashley and Ben. Cassie is going to be on that, and so is Jill. And that's tonight, and Easton's at the hotel, literally two minutes up the road, preparing for that. And he said, the Wi-Fi sucks at this hotel. How's the Wi-Fi at Audrey's? I said, fantastic. He drove there, (laughs) and now here Easton is, recording live from the actual coffee shop, not from the office, though. So he doesn't have the first aid kit. You know, it's much more beautiful in the office than it is in the coffee shop. So really, the background's not as nice. But I thought that was a little funny. Anyway, moving on. To our wonderful guest this week on Help I Suck at Dating, you know her from season 25, Matt James' season of The Bachelor. It is Maggie Tarika. Maggie, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I am great. You know, it's a beautiful day. I, I live in New York, so the weather is not that bad today, so I'm enjoying it. Very nice. So you live in New York. Uh, you were obviously on Matt James' season of The Bachelor. That's where everybody knows you. So uh, tell us, how did you end up on the show? Uh, the casting director contacted me out of nowhere. So first I thought, like, what? Do I look single? So I had to go to my Instagram and check because I was confused. You know, from my background. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, am, I am an immigrant, so I didn't know anything about this. I thought, you know, anyway, I, when they contacted me, I, I took time to respond. But when they announced it was Matt James, I emailed them back saying, hey, I changed my mind. I can do it. I'm ready. So it was because of Matt James I said yes. Ah, nice. Um, 
Maggie, I've got a question for you. So your storyline, well, I guess your life storyline, and what we got to see highlighted on the show, obviously, was that you moved to the U.S. from Ethiopia, right? Yes. Can we talk about that a little bit? So you were born and raised in Ethiopia. What was yeah. that like? And then what? how old were you when you moved to the U.S.? So I was 21. And, you know, I, I got hit by DV. I don't know if you guys know, DV is diversity visa. It's a lottery. A lottery, you just go to the internet, apply for it, and you wait for your luck. So thankfully I got here. Mm. Uh, the life in Ethiopia is it's, it's completely different. When I came here in uh, 2011, it was, uh, I was like shocked in everything, the food, the culture, like the country. I felt like I am in a place that I don't belong. Hmm. So yeah, uh, almost it's been 11 years now. What made you want to move to the US? Well, life. Uh, I always want to go to a foreigner country to get my master's, uh, my master degree because I had a bachelor in pharmacy back home, mm. and I just you know, and watching the movie, you know, it's very exciting. Like America, the life, it's everything is beautiful. It's a, you can't get rich very easily. All that kind of idea that I had, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I want to learn. I want to learn. I want to improve myself, and I want I want a better life. Yeah, that's that's all the reason you need. Do you, um, do you ever go back to visit Ethiopia? I went back once, 2017, and okay. um, I would love to go. Uh, there is a civil war going on now. If it stops, hopefully it will. I'll go back. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of um, that area of like Eastern Africa, Northeastern Africa, there's like a little bit of like civil unrest for the most part, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It used yeah. to be a very peaceful place, but now it's uh, completely changed. Yeah. Well, hopefully in our lifetimes, we'll be able to see it change back to being peaceful again, I guess. But I yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, well, I wanted to know what the, the how you said it was, I mean, completely different than your lifestyle back home in Ethiopia when you moved to New York City, which I can only imagine you're such a fish out of sea. You're in a new area, you're surrounded by millions of people, especially in New York City. I go and I'm from the States and it's overwhelming to me. I'm not a big city guy. I didn't like LA. I don't like New York. So I feel very much like a fish out of water when I'm in that city. So what was it like for you to adjust in this new, did you ever have doubts? Did you ever possibly regret coming here and saying, maybe I'm, I made the wrong decision before you ultimately decided, oh no, this is what's right for me? Uh, to start with, no regret, because um, America is a, a country of opportunity, and I'm, I'm very grateful to this country. But when I came first, the family who sponsored me, they asked me to come to New York uh, to JFK uh, Airport so they can show me how America is. Then when I came here, like I saw this big building and beautiful people. And I, I said to myself, I am this poor immigrant little girl. There is no way I can fit in here. I am very poor. So what I'm going to do? Then, you know, we went to Baltimore because the family were from Baltimore, actually. They just wanted me to see New York. That's why I came to New York. So funny story, the main reason I moved to New York is to define that because I say I can't do it. This is not for me. I can't fit in. And, and I moved back after I graduated school. I came to New York. So I no regrets. I'm very, very grateful. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a question for you. What is because you moved from Ethiopia when you were 21, you said, what is it like dating in Ethiopia compared to dating in the U.S. that you've experienced so far? And a follow-up question, do you suck at dating in both countries? <laughs> Done. Um, 
<laughs> in Ethiopia, I was this very grounded school nerd girl who goes to church kind of girl. I, my family were, you know, semi-farmers. So I got school, I come back home, I help them with the cars, with the housework. Then in college, I kind of started dating. And uh, in Ethiopia, it's like the guy approached you. It's not like um, you don't choose. On my time, like the guy approached you, you say yes or no. And I wasn't, I was a very, you know, I, I don't talk too much. I was very shy and um, it was hard for me to get out of that shell. That's why like everybody, my friends, they freaked out when they heard like I was on The Bachelor. Like, Maggie, how? <laughs> what changed? <laughs> uh, but when I came to America, I think that the show, I grew up, like the show made me realize first, you know, if I like a guy, I can approach myself, I can fight for him. Uh, and uh, and, uh, and like the other thing I learned from the show is that I, I am confident on approaching guys. I don't have to expect a guy to approach me uh, or that. But, you know, I'm still shy. So I think I, I suck on dating in both of them because I'm still single. <laughs> Well, maybe you're just taking your time. You're being picky. Yeah, that's all. You're just waiting for the uh, right person. Uh, that plus, you know, with the you know with the back home situation and doing activism, my mind mm. is completely. You know, I just can't focus to entertain someone when I'm freaking out. Am I gonna see my family again? That has a lot of pressure, especially this past two years, because after I got my pharmacy, you know, I got my doctorate 2019. I was like, yes done i'm gonna have a boyfriend i'm gonna really i'm gonna be dating all that but like the covid happened then the war happened i was like okay i'm just you know taking my time i guess but uh you know after all happiness is the key i am i am happy i don't know you know and i would like to share my happiness with someone but i'm happy yeah well i've got a question for you you say you're shy but would you do you think you're shy or do you think you're just an introvert Oh, I am actually more of extrovert. Oh, you are. But I am. Can you not tell? Uh, I mean, I can. I'm kind of <laughs> getting the sense, but it's just crazy to me that someone like you would be shy because you're so accomplished with your education and you've done so many things with your life, and of course, you're very beautiful. It's like, well, I don't understand. But I guess at the end of the day, like everyone has the reasons to be shy. But it's just it's yeah. hard for me to grasp why someone like you would be shy because it seems like you have everything going for you. Not that kind of shy. Thank you first. I appreciate that. But not that kind of shy. It's, um, you know, growing up, I, I didn't get used to it. And it's uh -huh. not something that I can change. Like growing up, the guy will approach you um, what, on the old age. If I was back home, the family will agree for you to get married with someone, mostly. So I just didn't know how to. Mm -mm. So, uh, like, I don't know. It's just the way I grew up. It's like you don't just go to a guy and talk to him, you know. Right. Create a conversation, stuff like that. Right. And then here you are. You're going on a TV show where you <laughs> have to put it all out there on the table. Did you notice after, did you notice a difference between your, like, maybe like flirting style or anything like that before and after the show? Because for me specifically, it, it did make me a little more confident to talk to girls, I would say. Um, did it have that effect on you at all? Yeah, it added a confidence. Uh, I am like, I'm outgoing now. Before yeah. I was, like, 
uh, you know, we have to meet at church or we have to meet at the pharmacy. If not, I'm not going to talk to you, not on the bar or at the restaurant. I was that, you know, I don't talk. But after the show, I learned how to make a good conversation with a man. No matter who that is, you know, good date, bad date, I will still, if it's a bad date, I will still be a lady and finish the talk and leave. Hmm. That's one thing. Because at the show, you know, like you are talking, you don't know how the date is going, and there is another girl coming to take your guy. In the real world, I would have, I would be like, what? No, this is my guy. But at the show, you have to let that girl talk to him. So, right. like, but still, I still learn just be a lady, talk to the guy, and move on. That's what I, I think <laughs> that I brought that with me. If the date is bad, I'll be a lady, I'll share my bill. And nice meeting you. I'm gone. Do you so, find yourself yeah. having a lot of those bad types of dates in New York? Not really. Well, I'm not dating that much, but um, I, not really. I thank God. Um, I, not, I never had bad one. Like in, in, I used to live in Virginia. I just moved here in October. Mm-hmm. So it's been a year now from Virginia. You, so. Virginia. Oh, nice. What part of Virginia? Because Kaylin's from. Oh, Fairfax. Fairfax. Oh, my God. Oh, that's nice. where She's my from... wife is from. Oh really? Oh yeah. Yeah, she's hey. she grew up in Great Falls. If you're familiar with. Oh that. nice. Yeah. I finished high school in Shenandoah University in Virginia. It's in inside the Innova Hospital. It's a big hospital in Fairfax. Then you know I moved here last year. Well, you 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 worked at Fairfax Hospital. Uh, no, the school is inside the Fairfax Hospital. The Innova inside the, the Innova is inside the fair uh, in the Fairfax Hospital. Got it. Her dad works at Fairfax <laughs> Hospital. <laughs> yeah. So, so funny. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I didn't know anybody was from Fairfax area, you know, in Virginia. Um, so uh-huh. what do you what do you do for work right now? I do pharmacy per time uh, at you know the store called Stop in Shop. And I also um, you know do modeling and the influencer world. The I'm influencer to... world. I know. It's not that <laughs> easy though. It's very hard. <laughs> No, I mean, I I agree with you. It's definitely not oh, easy. You, guys seem very easy. you know, you guys seem to look very easy and very, like, elegant. It's a lot of hard work. Dean and I right. are not. Okay. I, if we are even categorized as influencers, we're not very good influencers. <laughs> I, Jared, I speak for yourself, man. I ooze elegance, okay? I will say your sub, <laughs> I, I'll never forget your Subway uh, ad. That was one of the great posts. Uh, ad brand details whatever of all time still my favorite favorite one maggie i I ate a subway sandwich while skydiving yeah he jumped out of a plane with the subway that was an ad yeah they subway somehow said it was okay for me to do it was actually it was a hot air balloon jared not an airplane but (laughs) oh whatever um my dream is to have subway i really want to climb mount everest and i want uh subway to sponsor me and I want to tell them that I will exclusively eat Subway sandwiches the entire time I climb Mount Everest and that would be like the ad for them but I don't know if they'd go for that I one. Have Why? No, you, you better reach them out. It takes <laughs> something. <laughs> it would be funny. I think it'd be good for them. Yeah. It'd be good for me. It'd be good for everyone. Dean, Anyways. when was the last time you skydived? Now I'm looking at your Instagram. It's been a long time. It's probably been uh, about a year now. Yeah, it's been about a year now. Do you October miss it? last year. Yeah, I do. It's my best skydiving friend moved to Florida. And so he was always the one that would like rally the troops together and have us all go skydiving. And now that he's gone, uh, I don't have that 
that pull towards the skydiving, uh, I guess, arena that I have. The past, I'm watching but, the subway one. It's so good. <laughs> but you want to know who um, who I've been talking to a little bit is, you know, John Hershey. He used to date Katie Thurston. I think, yeah. I mean, I'm sure if I saw his picture, I'd recognize him. He was from Katie season, got dumped early, but then she ended up dating him afterwards. <laughs> anyway, he's a skydiver. And we've never met in person, but we talk every once in a while. And uh, maybe him and I will go skydiving. You guys should meet 10,000 feet in the air. You guys should have two planes that cross paths. And then... That would be fun. Yeah. And then as you cross paths, you just jump towards each other and then grab hands in the middle of the, middle of the air. You know and what? That's you're, you're saying like, sarcastically, but that is a really good idea. Yeah. And you're like, hi, I'm John. Hi, I'm Dean. And then you pull each other's shoots. <laughs> is that like a sexual innuendo maybe i don't know i kind of <laughs> like it though it could be the beginning of a romantic movie yeah it could be or or just the two end best friends flying through yeah or the end of it's like you guys never meet in person you know and the whole movie is just you guys writing letters towards each other and then you finally meet ten thousand feet in the air as you're jumping skydiving out into the air and then we both die because our parachutes don't yeah work. and then both of the shoots don't work and then you just splat it's like the song uh 500 candles in the wind instead of that it's ten thousand feet in the air yeah tragic (laughs) ending but it makes you really it gives you all the feels you'll know real when you get it it'll say ebay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it maybe it's a head turning handbag a watch that says it all jewelry that makes you look like the gem Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great. But also, I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Anyways, I feel bad. I feel like I'm taking the attention away from Maggie. Well, that's where we want the attention. No, 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 no. I, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Nobody's enjoying this, Maggie, I tell you. Nobody's oh, enjoying yeah, this. Yeah. I never you said really? that. I always think it's something magical. I don't know if I would do it, though. Oh, you've never done it? No. You should do it. What's stopping you? Um, well, uh, fear? I, I love both, and I, I don't want to die. Yeah. Right. I am, I'm with Maggie yeah. on this one. That's all I can think about. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Jared, I'd love to go skydive either. No, I have debated it. There, are, there's a big part of me that wants to go, but mm. I'm with Maggie. There's also a big part of me that doesn't want to splat on the surface of the earth. So mm. that's that holds yeah, me back. Now you are a dad. Now it's too much risk to take. And I want to yeah. be a mom, so it's too much risk to take. Sorry, Dan. But we'll clap for you on the ground, hey? Yeah. Wait, Dean, do you know what the statistical likelihood of surviving or, or pretty much dying while parachuting? It has to be oh, so low. It's astronomically small, yeah. It's like less than a thousandth of a percent. What are the, what are the, what are the odds that your chute doesn't open? Hmm. Pretty much zero, I would say. What would cause a chute not to open? I'm trying to, th I'm trying to think. There's really no situation where the parachute wouldn't open. It could open up and like be twisted up, and that would be really bad. It could open up and you have like rips in it. Well, how would it? Happen. How would it get twisted? So I feel like it could get twisted up pretty easily. It. I mean, how do you? Yeah. Well, that's, that, that, that's common, my that's my point exactly. You just said yeah, it could get twisted up easily. So how can? Well, that's the most common. That's the most common occurrence when you skydive is your lines getting twisted. But then tip, what you do is you just pull the parachute, like the lines above you apart from each other. And eventually it should fix itself. If it doesn't and you get into like a free spin and you start to panic, then you could cut, cut your parachute away and then pull your reserve parachute. And if that one's twisted, then you're just going to have to figure it out. But I will say the safest, uh, well, it's not the safest, but when you skydive tandem, you're jumping on these parachutes that are so, so, so big. It's like driving... Uh, a SUV down the highway versus when you're jumping solo, you want to jump small parachutes, which is like driving a little Porsche Boxster down the highway. So like the big, big parachutes have like even a way smaller chance of failing because there's so much wind for them to catch. And so like they just correct themselves so easily. So if you guys do ever go, go skydiving, you can think about how safe it is because you're jumping like the biggest parachute imaginable. Yeah. And so you're totally fine. I get that. It's like the difference between taking a small little puddle jumper versus taking a 747. Right. Give me that 747 every single time. I want a bus in the air. But like, right. why don't you just use a big parachute every time? I'm sorry. Now I'm uh, so interested. Because <laughs> as you get better at the sport, like as you improve, you become more dangerous you, and you want more maneuvers. And I'm sure that you yeah, have more you flexibility can, with a smaller parachute and dumb shit yes. like that. It's more more agile, way more fast as well. So like, mm, yeah, that's what uh, I want. I want to go faster towards the ground as I'm. It's definitely something that skydiving. people conflict with. Like I'm conflicted. So what you typically want when you're starting out is like a one to one wing loading. So I weigh 200 pounds, and you want a parachute that's like 200 square feet. Um, my parachute's 170 square feet, which means it's a little faster than my one to one wing loading. But eventually, you get people that are jumping like these 80 square foot parachutes, which is just like crazy small. It's like a one point two to one wing loading, which is like so like you come into the ground and you're swooping in and you're going like legitimately like 30 miles an hour. And one tiny mistake is a broken leg, uh, concussion, whatever it might be. Like I have a lot of friends that I follow on, on Instagram that are skydivers. And I feel like every other week someone's like, oh, 
crashed my parachute again today. I guess I'll be in the hospital for the next three months. And I'm like, uh, I'll just stick with my big parachute and not really worry about going very fast. Yeah, it feels like the thrill from skydiving is the free fall, not after your parachute releases. You know, you'd think that because I agree with you. I think I thought that for a while, too. But it's not true because when you're free falling, <laughs> as fun as that part is, you have like less... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. You have less control. You have less of like well, a feeling yeah. of, of like of, of falling. And then once you're under your parachute, then you can like start to do like maneuvers and tricks. There's and more stuff. skill involved, more skill. And then you're like, obviously you're going to land with your parachute. So there's like a lot more setup. Um, but everyone's different. Some people like the free fall a lot more. Some people like the, the parachuting a lot more. I've done, I've all sometimes, cause I think I eventually liked the being under the canopy a lot more. So you would jump out of the airplane and I would just pull my parachute right away instead of having any free fall. And then you could just like float around for a couple minutes or 20 minutes. It's pretty nice. Um, but I feel like we've been talking about this too much. (laughs) I feel guilty. I feel like we've got our listeners that are like, it's either Tom Brady or skydiving with these two guys. Let's freaking do the skydiving is fascinating to me. I think it's fascinating to a lot of people because it's one of those things that I would bet a majority out there would want to do it, but are just too scared to do it. Well, yeah. let's, I'm going to look it up real quick. Skydiving deaths per year. Let's see what it says. Well, we have to figure out how many people go skydiving per year. What'd you say, Megan? If it's not zero, uh, it's not. If it's not it's zero. Not. Well, I'll, ask you, I'll tell you what. There's a lot more car crashes per year than there are skydiving accidents How many more year. cars are there in the world than people who jump out of airplanes? Okay, I'll ask you guys this. In 2019, it's the last year that they have the number on record. I want you guys to guess how many fatalities there were in the entire sport of skydiving. Recorded. I'm sure it's probably a little higher than what they have recorded, but what do you think? In the world or in the States? In the world. I bet it's low. I bet it's like 200. You said, wait, you said deaths or incidents? Fatalities. Uh, 200. Less than 50, maybe? 50? Yeah, less than 50. Those are pretty good guesses. It's 15, 1 5. It says. What? It says you have a one in one hundred and fifty thousand chance. That's actually dying. not that great of odds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, think about it. Think about it. Where you have to jump one hundred and fifty thousand times to die once. That's not how odds work. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how they work in my head. Can you figure out what? Okay, let's compare it to uh, uh, a plane crash. Like, what are the okay. odds of you being in a plane crash? Odds of dying in a plane crash. This is so going down one? a one very morbid. 000? I would say the odds of dying in a plane crash it's gotta are be... much worse. One in 10,000. Are you serious? Wow. Yes. No way. In a... And I'll, I'm going to continue on with some of these crazy stats. The odds of dying in a car crash as a driver are one in 114. No way. One four. One four. What are you looking up? According to executiveflyers.com, that's what it says. Wow, I would wait a minute. Hold on, I'm googling this. I'm gonna. Oh wait, but now that I'm I'm looking up, Cleveland19.com says a study found the odds of dying in a commercial flight due to an accident or crash is one in twenty nine million. <laughs> yeah, that sounds more accurate. <laughs> All right, exactly. I think you- at the end of the day, we just don't really know what the odds are but the odds of dying in a car crash are pretty high higher than dying in a, in a skydiving accident and i will say 
as everyone says to that is like, yeah, well, there's a lot more people driving cars than there are skydiving people in the skies, which makes sense. I get that. From PBS.org, the annual risk of being killed in a plane crash for the average American is about one in 11 million. Mm. Okay. We're considered the the risk of being killed in a motor vehicle crash for the average American is about one in 5,000. Wow. Oh, okay. So executive flyers is just way off then. I believe PBS.org. I would agree with that more. Okay. So you're a hundred times more likely to die skydiving (laughs) than flying on an airplane, but you're 20 times less likely to die (laughs) skydiving than getting in a car crash. But you're also going to have a hundred times more fun if you skydive than just sitting in the middle row in aisle 23. I mean, getting you peanuts just and coke right on the head. Yeah, I think the thing is when you're when you're driving in a car, the odds of you getting in like a solo car crash by yourself under your own like power is pretty low. But when you're driving in a car, it's like the other drivers are the ones you have to worry about, right? And when yeah. you're skydiving, your parachute isn't like some random person who's texting on their phone. And then it's going to ram into you with their car. Your parachute wants to open. And it's like an inanimate object that it's like supposed to open. So like that's kind of where the thought comes from. Where it's like probably more dangerous to drive a car. Because there's other variables that are so far out of your control. Now I'm looking. I'm trying to bring this back to dating. So I'm looking up the odds <laughs> of um, divorce rates. So what are the odds that you get divorced? Like I'm curious. Do you, do you have a better chance of getting killed in a car accident or getting a divorce? <laughs> I would be getting a divorce. I would imagine, right? I mean, it's got to be so high. I mean, this is just from Google. It says almost 50% of all marriages in the United States will end in a divorce or separation. Researchers estimate that 41% of all first marriages end in a divorce. What? So you're saying there's a 50-50 shot? Here's another one, too, to, to bring it back to the whole death thing. Uh, data from U.S. Crime <laughs> Report suggests that about one in five homicide victim- victims are killed by an intimate partner. I got to sleep with my eye open. No so That's if you're gonna get if you're gonna get murdered, twenty percent chance it's Ashley, Jared. I believe that. <laughs> I mean, if I was gonna, yeah, I mean, I could see it. Just I, I just unload the dishwasher the wrong way one more time, and she's like, you know, there's like a good twenty percent of her brain saying do i do it this time do do i do it this time <laughs> is now the moment is this the moment yeah it says the current divorce rate in the united states is 2.3 persons per 1000 that's crazy divorces wow wait 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 say that stat again the current divorce rate in the united states is 2.3 persons per 1000 so it's really one in 500 one in 500 that's, yeah that's 0.2% that's like huge Wait, that's so yeah. small, 0.2%? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Does that, that's got to be of all people, not just married people. It says most Americans who file for divorce do so between January and March. It's got to be the holidays. Got to be the holidays. <laughs> and you're getting ready. So it's after the holidays where you spend so much family time and you're like, I can't do this no more. And then it's getting ready for summer. You're like, I want to get this divorce separation ready to go before hot girl summer begins. Because, you know, you got to, Get out there. According to this line graph, though, it looks like the divorce rate per thousand people is dropping on average. Interesting. I mean, that's a good sign. Recent divorce rates suggest a decrease in number of people dissolving the marriage. That's nice. 
Have you guys arranged marriage? Marriage, yeah. The arranged marriage, like in like you know, in developing countries in Ethiopia, is common. It's like oh. family the marriage for you. Aren't they way more successful traditionally? Like arranged marriages. Yes, it's, yeah, it is. It is one. There is family involvement. Two, they you know they just. It's I don't know. Um, I grew up. I'm old school kind. If I get married, it I get married. It's that yeah. person is forever. I know everybody do that. But like um, in my country, like if you argue, you know, if you argue, you don't ask for separation. You just ask to work with it, to do stuff, to ask, hmm. to involve people, to help you. They, you don't give up. So the giving up chance is very little in those developing countries with arranged marriage than America. That's what I think. Was there ever any pressure from your family to have an arranged relationship from Ethiopia? When I was a kid, when I was eight years old, they was they were, you. It's common, you know, like they yeah. make you. So uh, guys keep asking when I when I was eight years old. Then when I start when I start high school was a lot, especially like from eight years old and up. You know, family starts sending, "Hey, she's growing up." So for our son, it's like the family of the guy. So when I came to America, like yeah, a couple of people will. What they do traditionally is if a guy likes a girl, he send family to the woman's house. So my friends here that I know, they actually went back home and send people to my family house. But since I'm already here, my family have to ask me, hey, do you know him? Can we say yes or no? Mm. So it's fun, but that you know, traditional way is, it's um, for me, I like it. I, I would love to do that. Like, I, I would know the guy, he has sent the family back home to ask for my family then, you know, we do it that way. So you do still want a, quite a bit of tradition involved in the whole process? Not a quite, not a quite, like almost everything per se. Mm -hmm. I will, I will still be Americanized a little bit, you know, a little bit civilized, a little bit, but still I want the tradition, I want to keep the tradition, the family thing, the celebration thing, uh, the religious value thing, all that. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great. But also, I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico. 
offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So I've got a question for you then. What is... What do you, who do you like? What kind of person do you see yourself ending up with? Um, a successful person? Yeah. What do you of look course, for? Want to see that? Like, what? What is? What is your type? I guess. Um, well, my number one is religious. Like, not just only Christian, but someone who who prays, you know, and uh, ambitious. Work, you know, work a lot, um, help others, kindness, and you know, respectful. But more, mostly, like you know. The religious value and the motivation, the respect, all that thing is as one for me. I see myself living with that, like, very exciting person to live with. Hmm. Yeah. Do you see this person being um, from America, from Ethiopia? Does Does that make any difference to you? It doesn't. Only the religion matters for me. Mm hmm so if that line up plus you know the ambition i I like kindness like i think someone helped me i get here you know they they sponsor me when i was at school people helped me i got here so i always i want my life to be helping serve others if he has that work hard ambition serve others be kind we're good to go gotcha nice well our with a lot of communication oh i get a lot he needs to be a good communicator like yeah. A lot of- yes. Well, like yeah. you were saying too, if you get in an argument, you talk it through instead of just getting divorced. Um, exactly. Growing up in Ethiopia, did, you grew up Christian. Then is it? It sounds like you're saying, yeah. 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 Uh, my my family, you know, the, my family didn't send me to ki- you know kids garden kindergarten. Instead of kindergarten, they sent me to church. Okay. So I learned my you know ABCD numbers at church. Then I went to first grade. Gotcha. And then, so now that you live in the U.S., you still practice. You go to church on Sundays. Is it is it the I same do. same experience religiously? It's a little bit different. Funny story. Don't laugh. I am a singer at church. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so people they don't think like they they laugh about it, but I actually sing at church. I go. To, I try to go to church every Sunday. I serve at the church. We have a new church uh, opened in New York, and it's been very amazing. We're not gonna so, laugh. Yeah. That, that's no, awesome. that's incredible. Yeah. My friends like you, Maggie, singing at church, like literally, like in front of people. Yes, I do that. I they wish I had the me, like, guts to sing in front of people at church. I'm self conscious when I sing in the shower, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure Ashley that's... can hear me. And, and Maggie, you're saying you're like, life. you're like on the choir at church, yeah? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> But people laugh about it. It's just, but when he's saying, uh, so if he's saying like, I'm just singing for God, I don't care who's watching. <laughs> yeah. You don't get a shot. 
I used to be shy, but now it's like I get excited to sing. Nice. Well, and the best thing too about singing in a choir is you have 20 people around you singing. So even if you are really bad, yeah, they're going to maybe <laughs> yeah, bring up carry. the average a little bit. Yeah, I too. Yes, yes. But I sing in many tongues, so don't ask me to sing for you in English. Just no, I, 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 was, I thought about you. asking you to sing for us, and I was like, there's no way I can put her on the spot. No, like that. yeah, that's come on now. Thank you. Um, well, Maggie, I, we talked about your, you know, you with, um, dating and how much is going on in your life and how you've really had to put it aside. You are not the only person that is dealing with a situation, not similar, but in terms of working on the relationship, one of our hot topics today is Venus Williams. Venus Williams is obviously the very famous tennis player. One of the best tennis players in the world. Her sister, Serena, arguably the best tennis player that's ever seen the court. So Venus Williams earlier this week uh, was talking to People Magazine and she admitted that she's working on her dating life. You've got to know when to change. And so uh, Venus goes on to say that she thinks it's been really easy for her to slip into a routine that keeps her single and is looking towards to making a change. She goes, quote, I've had a single life for a long time and I really think it's easy to get stuck in a single life and sometimes, at least for me, harder to get out. That's probably something I'm working on now, and it makes you think about yourself and what you want and how to behave. It's definitely a lot of self-thought that goes into it. When life changes, you got to know when to change. You can't hold on to either a relationship or the singleness. Now, she is 42. My question for you guys is, Maggie, specifically, do you think with dating, because you have so much going on, do you find that you really kind of have to make a change in order to not be single anymore? Because a lot of people, I think they're like, oh, you know, somebody will come and I don't have to think about it and it'll just happen naturally. But I do think, especially in my own experience with dating, it's you have to put effort into it. You have to put yourself out there. And there is this um, mindset that you can be in that you focus so much away from being in a relationship because you're so focused on work that it really does put you in this mindset of being single. And that's what Venus Williams is saying, that she's kind of like, I need to make a change because I'm so focused on other things besides being in a relationship. I need to start focused about being in a relationship if I'm going to end up with someone. I thought Venus was dating the founder of Reddit or something. <clears throat> Did they break up? Maybe it's her sister. But Serena? I one of them is. Yeah, I think it's her sister. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Anyway, sorry, what was your question, Jared? <laughs> hey... Well, Mo, my, yeah, my question was for Maggie. Do you feel like you're in a similar thought process? Yeah, so that's actually true. Um, I listened to this podcast uh, one day. He was saying a woman, ladies this, this age, they spend, you know, day after work or they spend on the weekend at home watching movie with a pizza or with a wine and they still say they are single. So where are you meeting? Do you expect the guy to come to your door and knock mm. your door? You have to show up. You have to go out. You know, you have to meet people. It hit me somehow, like, what am I, if I am ready, like, first, like, knowing when I'm ready to date, I start thinking, okay, I'm not going to expect a guy to come to church, say, hi, my name is blah, blah, I want to be your husband. No, I actually have to go events. I start going events. Uh, I start, well, I start responding people on IG, uh, IG, like being nice to guys when they ask, you know, quietly, hey, I just want to take you on a date respectfully. Oh, sure. Uh, before, like, no way. And I also like, you know, uh, attending weddings, uh, get together with friends. I just learned that my singleness uh, was 
you know, taking all my time. Like after work, I am happy going home, watch movie and sleep. Mm -hmm. That is my perfect night. But that Sounds is wonderful. as a single, that is good. But yeah, no, you will get, I feel like I, I was getting tired of it. I need, I'm always, I like changing. I like doing things. So that, you know, as she said, um, my singleness um, it was like, it was good when it lasts, but it's not something I want to take with me. Mm. So yeah, I had to make change, you know, my, uh, even when I go to dates, I used to think like, you know, uh, a guy, if my water bottle is empty, he has to pour water for me. I actually got mad one day <laughs> from the date. My water bottle was empty. The guy didn't pull, my water glass oh. was empty. The guy didn't pull for me. I was like, okay, hey, don't laugh. This one, please don't laugh. I was, I, I didn't know. I had this imagination, like, you know, you're in America, uh, you know, the guy gentleman should do that. So, we, we, you know, we learned that thing. I heard that thing, not learned. But um, my water glass was empty and he didn't pull what for me. It was in this, in this beautiful restaurant. Then I got mad at him. Then, like, that that shouldn't happen. I should pull my own water. I should actually pull a water for him. That's the change that I made As right mm -hmm. now. Like, even the wine, wine glass, I, I take to take my time, you know, like, hey, do you want more wine? I let him pull the wine. But if it's water, I pull mine. I will pull his. I am okay doing it. So, yes. A change is needed if you don't want to be single anymore. So let me ask you this question because Kaylin and I sometimes go uh, back and forth on this subject where she is like, well, okay, so like say she does something that irritates me or I do something that irritates her and then she's like, okay, well then I'll just, I just won't do that thing that irritates you. But then in my head, I'm like, well, no, I'll just stop being irritated by the thing that you're doing. You know, like it's mm. kind of like just a way to flip it around and be like, well, no, I don't want you to change anything. I'm going to change the thing that I'm bothered by. You know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's like instead of getting upset at him for not pouring you water, you're just going to decide that you don't want to get upset about not having your water poured for you. And I go back and forth with that, too, because it's like it's so it's so easy. Well, it's easier for you to change your perspective or your opinion on something than to make someone else change theirs. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of why I'm always like, well, no, instead of changing what you're doing, I'm just going to change the way that I react to it or at least try to. And I'll tell you, I'm honestly like really, really bad at it. I, I like to think that I'm better at it, but it's hard. It really is a hard thing to do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it, the water thing is interesting because I feel like don't you kind of think that that's happening less and less? Do you think chivalry is like dying out a little bit? Yeah, it is. It is. I think uh, overlooking things, uh, like as like overlooking things. Uh, also, like as a woman, uh, one thing I learned was like if you think you're a strong woman, uh, you want to show a guy you're a strong woman, independent. Pouring water is not, you know, it's one of the things you should do. Just pour your mm. own glass of water. It's okay. So those are the things like if I have to preserve myself, I'm a strong woman, independent, like in my own way. Those are, you know, simple thing women does actually serving. Back home we serve our, our husband. So they serve us too. It's just that's how I see it. But yeah, it's getting less and less now, I think. Yeah, I don't know. There might need to be a, a shift here pretty soon. But I do agree with you and, and Jared and I are big advocates and we always have been in the past for this, that Instagram might potentially be the best dating app out there. It's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> no two ways about it. Like, I mean, how many stories have you heard about people meeting on Instagram? Are you on any more of the other traditional dating apps like Bumble or anything like that? 
I am not, well, uh, though, so there was this thing called Raya, my friend signed me up, but mm -hmm. I use that for business. I came, I, when I came to New York, I need to meet photographers, stuff like that. Even though you said business, people actually ask you on a date. So, but I am not in any dating app. I don't want to be in dating I don't know how to keep in touch, like texting. I don't, I'm not that, I am the old school kind. Let's meet up, let's talk. So if you say, hi, hey, when can we meet? Just like that. So dating app won't work for me. Yeah, that's fair. There's a lot of fluff on those dating apps. It's a, a lot yeah. of texting, not a lot of asking out. That's what I found. Yeah. Um, well, Maggie, thank you so much for joining us on this week's uh, episode of Help I Suck at Dating. You've been such a pleasure. And uh, we wish you nothing but the best of luck. And we hope to hear from you soon again because we need an update on the dating life in New York City. Yeah, I will. Thank you so much for having me, both of you. I really appreciate it. Maggie, you're amazing. Make sure everybody follows you on Instagram. Maggie, what is your handle on Instagram? Maggie Tarreka, M-A-G-I. T-A-R-E-K-E. -E. Well, everybody who's listening to this podcast, go follow Maggie. She's beautiful. She's amazing. Doing some incredible things on there. Once again, thank you for listening to this episode of Help by Suck at Dating. Tune in Thursday. And then uh, next week, hopefully we'll just all, you know, suck a little less. Follow Help by Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with Black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.